This episode of Squib Kicks is brought to you by the Arizona Bowl Brew, made locally by our friends at Barrio Brewing Company. You can only get it at Barrio, and then starting in November, any area Circle K. That's the Arizona Bowl Brew, sponsor of Squib Kicks, a Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl podcast. Welcome one, welcome all, welcome to our very first episode of the Squid Kicks Podcast, a podcast Woo! of the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. So excited. I'm your host, Eric Rhodes, Vice President of the Communications, with my fantastic co-host and producer, VP of Marketing and Events, Ben Schulich. Ben, are you fired up to squib kick it with me? I am so fired up. This is this has been a dream since I got here. So I'm finally I'm glad to see it come to fruition. Absolutely. This is something we have been talking about for a long time. You know, we are cutting edge here at the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, even by being the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. We're, you know, the first ones to stream fully, which, you know, the NFL decided to look at us and say, yeah, we should try that too. Um, So we're cutting edge. So why not jump fully into the tech space and give it a shot? So, uh, you know, we got some training wheels on today. So bear with us, you know, might hear some weird things, might hear some stuff in the background. We are Recording out of the home office at 30 Rockefeller Plaza, uh, a.k.a. 147 North Stone, right here in downtown, beautiful Tucson, Arizona. Um, you know, we have a lot planned. We have a lot of ideas. Uh, we're going to try a couple of different things as we move on and do different episodes. We're just going to have fun with it. We're going to move, see, talk, interview, uh, talk about what's going on in college football, talking about what's going on in Tucson, talk about what's going on with the Arizona Bowl. Basically, we're just going to talk a lot and hope you listen. Um our first guest today, couldn't be happier about who we got, a man known very well here in Tucson uh, from the U of A twice. We'll explain what that means a little later, but you're going to hear from Greg Byrne, athletic director at the Alabama University. Uh, he may not like it when I say it that way, but you know he's a great insight to everything that's going on. The college football world is changing almost by the second, um, and we're going to get some great insight from the top uh, as Alabama often finds himself at the top. We we didn't get a roll tide. We got we got a couple we got a couple y'alls, but we didn't get a we roll did. tide. Yeah, y'all bear down. That's what we were going for. We do have a fantastic title sponsor in Barstool, so we get a really great chance to be on the inside and have meetings with Big Cat and Hank and All Business Pete, uh, Caleb Presley, Sunday Conversations. Uh, we were in New York just a few uh, weeks ago, meeting with the folks in at their upfront with Erica and Dave. Um, you know. With Brandon and the college football show, we gave Casey some great baby gear. Uh, we are on the inside. We like to be part of the family, and that's really lucky for us. So we're going to share a little bit of that, the Barstool world, um, and how that connects right here to the old Pueblo. Uh, and, of course, we're going to talk football. That's what we are. We're a game with a goal, but at heart, we are a college football bowl game. Excited to be one of uh, 41 in the country, which sounds like a lot, but we do stand apart because we are the only one, the number one that gives 100% of our net proceeds to charity. Uh, ben started a great campaign saying we are 100% for Tucson, and he's right on. 100% of our net proceeds to charity. Over $100 million economic impact here in the Old Pueblo, second only to the Gem Show, uh, and we are here to stay. So we're 100% all in on this podcast, and we're grateful that you're on board. So bear with us. You're going to have some music in the middle. We're going to have some interviews. You're going to hear from some great people, wildcat legends, college football legends, and legends in our own mind. 
Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to Squid Kicks, a podcast of the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. I'm your host, Eric Rose, with my fantastic co-host and producer, all-around uh, athletic legend here in old Tucson, uh, Ben Schulich. Uh, a lot of people right now are listening and asking, why am I listening to this? Moreover, why are you doing this? Um, so let's talk about why we are having a podcast. Um, you know, we are involved with a cutting edge tech company that is our our namesake, the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. They've had wild, wild uh, entertainment, comedy, and monetary success in this realm, in the podcast realm. Um, we feel it's a space that we really wanted to get into since day one of Ben Schulich's employment here at the bowl game. He wanted to do a podcast and we're finally here and it was a great idea. We're really happy to be doing it. Uh, but we're going to spread awareness of what we're doing. First and foremost, we wanted to let people know more about the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, only bowl game in the nation to give 100% of our net proceeds to charity. Uh, you buying a ticket to our game matters to a kid or a family here in Tucson. Every seat matters. Every dollar matters. There is no purchase every, too small. Every beer matters. Every beer matters. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I get to sit in meetings sometimes and I say, drink for the kids. <laughs> You know, uh, there's not too many opportunities where you can do this. We're a 501c3, fully certified, so uh, you can get involved in a number of our programs, sponsorships, all those great things, tax deductible. Um, so I like to call it often a win-win. You get to be a part of something great, jump on a team that's growing like wildfire here in Tucson, um, and just doing wonderful things to give back to our community, not just here in Tucson, but all over Southern Arizona. Uh, through our podcast, we're going to talk about a program we have called Friday Night Lights Tour, which is a really cool thing we're doing, partnering with local high schools. And you want to hear more about that, go to all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we got an intern who's going to do TikTok for us because there's no reason you need to see me doing a TikTok dance. Um, so we're going to jump out on that. Ben's shaking his head no, and he is absolutely right. Nobody needs to see that. Yes, uh, a lot of great things we're doing with our social media. So please check out and follow and subscribe to not only this podcast, but all the things we're doing. You have a great opportunity to partner with well, the wonderful things we're doing. There's nominations. We're giving $1,000 to 11 teachers here in Southern Arizona. Uh, you can nominate that, thearizonabowl.com backslash teachers. Nominate your favorite educator. We are all about the community and uh, giving back here. So check out our website, The Arizona Bowl. Check out our social media platforms. They're all over the place. Um, pretty entertaining. You'll see players of the week from high school, games of the week, highlights, some really fun stuff. And uh, you can win stuff. We have games. We have pick them versus pros. Uh, you'll learn more about our bowl ambassadors that are on our team here at the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Some great names. Um, I think combined we have... 11 Super Bowl appearances between our, our ambassadors and a bunch of gold medals and some uh, some great stories that you're going to hear right here on this podcast. I think when we were putting together our plan, we just were rattling off the different things that we could talk about. And it's it's a long list. There's a lot of things that we do, a lot of different ways that we make an impact in the in the community. And uh, this is this is a great way to, to share that. Yeah, we're going to create a channel, uh, you know, on our social media for this podcast. So we want to hear what you want to talk about. If you want to, you have an idea you want us to talk about here on the show, uh, you like our velvety pipes, we'll we'll bring it up. We'll get on the airwaves, which not even are the airwaves. So whatever the waves are for a podcast, the, the digital 
the, the digital, ones, the ones and zeros. <laughs> we're surfing the digital wave. Um, you know, our big, big, big mission here is just to partner with Tucson. We're trying to give back. We're trying to make an impact in our community. And we do so in so many different ways. As we mentioned already, only bowl game in the nation to give 100% of our net proceeds to charity. We've worked with over 70 charities and now our eighth year. The 2022 bowl game will be our eighth year, seventh game since we had a, a little hiccup last year with that uh, that COVID thing. You may have heard of it. Um, yeah, it, it kind of became a big story here in Tucson when we had to cancel the 2021 game, but we are so excited for 2022 and the things we're going to do. So we're going to be fun, interesting. We're going to have relevant conversations with guests from our community, sports, entertainment, leaders here in the in the Tucson community, leaders in college football. As we mentioned, Greg Byrne, you know, one of the top minds in college athletics. He sat on just about every committee there is to sit on. Greg is right there in that conversation. So excited to hear from folks like him. Uh, the beauty of podcasts, we're going to go all over the world talking to our guests, and it's going to be fun. So thanks for listening and tuning in. Uh, hit that subscribe button and continue to listen to Squib Kicks. Why Squib Kicks, you ask? This is this was a fun conversation. Uh, there was a number of different ideas for a name of our podcast thrown out. And uh, we came to Squib Kicks because of a couple things. One, it's catchy. It's a very normal thing in football. Um, but it's something that's just sort of a rare occurrence. It's different, and it just sounded funny, right? I mean, come on, it's squib kicks. So we thought that was and, a great fit for us. Yeah, and it, it, we could go in a just like a squib kick and go in a lot of different directions. We don't know. Sometimes we don't know which way we're going, but, you know, we'll we'll get to the, the finish line. Exactly. I mean, and like Ray Finkel, lace us out, and let the kicker do something, and that's us. We're the kickers. We're the special teams of college football bowl games, and this podcast is just special all around. Um, but we do claim some athletic knowledge and athletic history. Our staff is, uh, one of the more tenured staffs in all of college football bowl games. Now, um, you know, most of us have been together. This will be our fifth game here in Tucson. Uh, you know, Ben brings a wealth of experience in college athletics, having worked, uh, in the NCAA arena in Las Vegas. Uh, he will undoubtedly mention a school from Michigan that hails green, that you'll hear about probably a few times on this. this Maybe podcast. once or twice. Just once or twice. Yeah. Go green. Um, but we're going to talk a lot of football. And one of the things that we've won really well here at the Arizona Bowl is we've made great relationships with our partner conferences. We are partnered with the Mountain West Conference and the Mid-America Conference. Uh, just like every other conference in football, they have up years, they have down years. Um, but they always have a couple of teams that are on the national scale, that are in the national spotlight, We'll crack the rankings, the top 25 here and there. Um, and in our relationship, we get one of the top couple of teams from those conferences every year. And they're to come here to Tucson. We've had both conference champions in 2020. We had Ball State and San Jose State, uh, both conference champions. Uh, we love our footprint of our conferences. The Mountain West, I mean, covers the entire West Coast pretty much. We've got Nevada, Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, California. Am I missing any there, Ben? I know I am, but there's Idaho. Idaho, right? That one team from Idaho. Hawaii. Just, yeah, Hawaii. We're, we're bouncing all over the place. This is why he's an all-star producer right there. He's got the list right there in front of him. Um, I am the face of the podcast, which is where I belong. The face of a podcast. And Ben is the money knowledge guy. Hmm. Um, I'm, the guy, the I'm, the guy be, I'm the guy behind the guy. 
Uh, yeah, I'm the guy who knows the guy, right? <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of guys, we are not just guys. We have a fantastic, fearless leader in Kim Adair, our executive director, who has made uh, great big strides in the college football bowl landscape. I think when she started, she was one of two female executive directors, and now there's five. Um, she served on committees. She's won awards here in our community. Uh, and does a wonderful job furthering the name of college football and furthering the name of Tucson. Uh, we have fantastic staff here that includes men, women, and, uh, and an amazing volunteer blue blazer uh, group that you'll hear more about throughout this podcast that is just made up of tremendous community members who just want to be a part and just want to help. And they do some fantastic work. All right, we've told you about some of the really fun stuff we're going to do, but let's get to the meat. What we have is relationships with the top football minds in the country and relationships with the great conferences and all the people involved. One of them happens to have a great history right here in Tucson, and uh, we were thrilled to have him as our inaugural guest on Squid Kicks. Uh, so listen up right on the other side of the music. Here comes our very first interview with the one and the only Greg Bird. All right. Welcome back to Squid Kicks. I'm your podcast host, Eric Rhodes, Vice President of Communications here at the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, joined by VP and podcast host and producer extraordinaire, Ben Shulik, and our inaugural big time first guest. We couldn't go anywhere else but a U of A, right? And uh, joining us today from the University of Alabama, Mr. Greg Byrne. Greg, thank you so much for your time today. You betcha. It's an honor to be part of the inaugural broadcast and podcast and uh, i don't know in all the interviews i've done over the years if i've ever been part of an inaugural one so uh you know check this box and and hope uh i told you all offline hope hopefully it doesn't hurt uh your subscriptions and viewership too much having me on uh we're, we're gonna raise the bar every day we're good um so greg obviously is the director of athletics for alabama a position he's been in since 2017 uh, we know him well and hold him dear here in Tucson for his time as the director of athletics and vice president at the University of Arizona, the U of A we hold here in Tucson uh, from 2010 to 2017. Uh, you know, it's in his blood. This is a lifelong pursuit of athletics in the Byrne family. He's been on several prestigious committees, the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee, uh, Division I Men's Basketball Committee, National Coalition of Minority Football Coaches, Coalition Academy, that's a lot of that's a lot of letters after your name, Greg. That's a, that's a big acronym there. That uh, <laughs> that's for sure. But yeah, yeah. I I tell you, I I grew up in college sports. Uh, I I was a great athlete in my own mind, and that was about it. Um, I played everything at one point or another, and and I was I, I tell recruits. Uh, I met with three different recruits today and their families uh, that you know I, I was I was good at most of them and not great at any of them probably enough to get recruited by Alabama or Arizona, but. Uh, you know, with, with my dad as an AD for a long time and growing up in that environment, it's it's just really one of the special things that are out there. And whether you're in Tuscaloosa, whether you're in Tucson, um, at the University of Maine or the Washington, you know, Washington State University from one end of the country to the other, uh, it, it's one of the few things in our society that brings everybody together. And uh, I really think that is uh, important. It's been important for a long time. I don't. I don't think it's ever been more important than what we do right now. And and uh, I just uh, you know it it it's 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 great to be in this environment on a daily basis. Uh, it's not a perfect environment. Anytime you have six hundred plus eighteen to twenty two year olds, you have uh, 
350 employees. We have, you know, thousands of fans that represent our institutions. Um, you're going to have challenge and strife, but at the same time too, there's so much good that takes place. And just to play a little small role in that on a daily basis, it's a, it's a real honor. Yeah, we'll get into uh, the life of an AD here in a minute. But aside from being the prestigious first guest on our podcast, the one everyone wants to know about, the most mysterious position in athletics in, in the United States, you're Nick Saban's boss. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that life and maybe, uh, you know, a non-incriminating, not that they're already incriminating, fun story about working with Nick. Yeah, you know, I, I knew Coach Saban before I came here, but not well. I'd been in, I'd met him a few times and that'd been it. Um, you know, the way I always say it, and I say it to him, is I said, this thing's a partnership. Obviously, I'm working with one of the greatest coaches of any sport of all time. I mean, he's certainly in the same breath as as John Wooden and Pat Summit and Vince Lombardi. And, and it's so getting to uh, work with him and watch him, what makes him tick and everything is really interesting um, I live right around the corner from him so uh, I can tell you uh, pretty much he, he he is the most structured and disciplined person I've ever been around and it's, and I don't even know who would be second uh, I've been around a lot of really good coaches throughout my throughout my life and and uh, he is uh, he's one that's different than anybody else and one, one of the stories I've, I've shared a few times and you know he uh here he is as one of the greatest coaches of all time, right? And when, and I'm not saying this because I'm on this this podcast with with Roots back in Tucson. It was really a struggle for Regina and I to leave University of Arizona. We we think very fondly of the people there, of the university. We care about the people there. Um, in fact, our oldest son Nick just got hired back at Arizona to work in the Wildcat Club, and 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 appreciate Dave Hickey and. And Erica and, and everybody, Scott Shake giving him that opportunity. Um, and uh, and I didn't make any calls. He did that all on his own. And, and but so you know, we think we think very highly of everybody back there. So when we were kind of struggling with that decision on what to do, and I'd been in Arizona for at that point almost seven years, and and uh, you know, I think it was pretty public that I I just you know, had, had really struggled with our conference office and, and some other things and, and probably felt at the time it was, it was time to, to, uh, try something different. Um, and, and so I, I, uh, they flew Regina and I back here to Tuscaloosa. It was the weekend after Alabama had lost to Clemson for the national championship in Tampa. Okay. So it was the 16th season. It was the first week or two of January of 17. And, uh, Regina and I go to, uh, the Saban's home. And, uh, and so it's Regina, myself, uh, Terry Saban, as we call her, Miss Terry, and then uh, Coach Saban. It's just the four of us sitting there. And, you know, we small talk for a few minutes. And, and then he says to me, he says, what concerns you about working with me? Hmm. And I told him, I said, I said, coach, that's a heck of a question. I appreciate you asking it. And he, and he said, well, what are they? I said, number one is, you know, next month, next year, uh, you don't go back to the NFL. I don't want people here thinking that you and I didn't get along and and you left because of that. That obviously wouldn't be uh, very good for our athletic department or university or or me as the athletic director. I, and he said, no, I'm going to finish my coaching career at Alabama. And, and here six years later, um, it, almost six years later, that's obviously he's still here and we're, we're very pleased about that. Uh, and he's actually practice is going on right outside my window right now. And if I look out that window, he's boots on the ground, giving high, high energy 
Um, and, and so he stayed true to that him finishing his coaching career at Alabama. Um, the second part, as I said to him, I said, listen, if I have a concern about something or if I need to bring something up to you, I want to be able to communicate with you. And he, he looked at me dead in the eye and he said, Greg, I'll be disappointed if you don't. And so, and he's lived up to that too. And so my point in all that is here's one of the greatest coaches of all time of any sport. And I can tell you from being here that the, the leaders that come into our community to just get a chance to spend some time with him, it's pretty remarkable. And so if, if he can want, if he wants to hear feedback of things that, you know, that are concerns for my chair, can't the rest of us all do that? Can't the rest of us all be open to constructive feedback and, and constructive criticism and, and just, or just being aware, made aware of things that we need to know to make us better. And uh, that's a reminder for me on a daily basis that uh, that's the case. So anyways, it's, uh, it, uh, he's been, he has been outstanding to work with. Uh, it's, it's been something that I, I certainly have enjoyed that ride and, and, uh, and, and tried to learn and grow from myself through that. Cause none of us, none of us, none, none of us are perfect. None of us are going to bat a thousand decision-making and you do the best that you can. And, and so he can learn and grow. I think I can too. Absolutely. What a great story. Um, now, working at Alabama in football, obviously, it's the pinnacle of college football. I mean, they're in the number one, number two conversation year in, year out. Is it really difficult to stake your livelihood um, with both Coach Shaven, all the other coaches in your athletic department, Alabama, a very strong department across the board? You know, Coach Lopez, who you worked with here at Arizona, used to say, it's a game played by young people. Is it is it difficult sometimes to remind the folks you work with that like you're working with 17, 18, 19 year old young people day in, day out and staking the name of Alabama on these young people? Yeah, I mean, it is. I realized that a long time ago that having your livelihood depend on the decision making decision making of 18 to 22 year olds and ultra competitive and driven coaches is 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 challenging. Uh, I do love it. Feel very, very fortunate for it. I know, I know when the three of us were 18 to 22, we always make good decisions, right? So I tell uh, my kids that all the time. Yeah, that's right. We never made a mistake in our decision making and look back and say, man, and I, and I actually say this, I said this to my kid, you know, Nicholas and Davis, they're 27 and 24 now, probably the poorest decisions I made growing up. I'd probably take that um, and, and take my chances with my kids. But even then we weren't perfect. We made things that did things that probably we didn't want our parents to find out about it and, and know about. Um, but, but at that same time, and, and the other thing that's so remarkable, whether you're at Arizona or whether you're here at Alabama, when you look at these kids and they're 18 to 22 and they, you know, they look like Hercules, right. And you're like, Holy cow, they just, they're bigger, faster, stronger than what they were. even when we were younger, um, but they're still kids. And it's also changed so dramatically uh, we, we, um, you know, when we were, when I was growing up, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how the two of you are, you know, we didn't have these things. Right. right. And so when we would now, when you get done with the game and you go in the locker room and it doesn't matter the sport and the coach talks to the team post game, and then everybody goes to their, the kids go to their phone. And they're looking for the reaction to what they did during that game. That's probably not the healthiest thing in the world, but it's reality. And so, um, you know, one of the things 
that has evolved significantly. I, I remember being at Arizona and, and you know, resources were, were a struggle for us. It was, we were, you know, Ben knew this from being right inside the department, you know, and, uh, and Eric, you were right there. You, you saw, you were close to our department and I'd get up in front of our coaches. I get up in front of our kids and just talk about managing our resources in a, in a, in a, in an efficient manner. Um, but the, you know, we had one psychologist, Dr. Amy Athey for the entire department for 500 plus kids. And she was booked all day long, every day. And, and social media certainly was a presence, but it's got, it's on steroids now since then here at Alabama, we have a head of mental health services and we have about nine local mental health providers in the community that we have access to almost on a daily basis. And we, uh, I'm trying not to, to add people, people are expensive, right? We just hired four clinical or we're hiring four clinical uh, social workers to be inside of our athletic department on a daily basis for boots on the ground, because they just, you know, the, 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 the mental health um, strain on our young people in our, in our community, I mean, in our programs are really, really challenging. And so to have boots on the ground, to knowing what's going on with kids, because you just, you're not going to know what's going on with every kid. It's just impossible. Right. And, um, and so, trying to manage that in this environment is even more challenging than it's ever been and trying to make sure we're putting as many resources as we can. And I know, I know Arizona to Dave's credit, uh, they've hired, uh, I believe another psychologist for the department or, or mental health specialist, which is great. And right now you can't have enough. The demands on that are very challenging and just trying to support your kids the best you can. It's a, uh, it's a full-time job by itself. Greg, how much training do you do with athletes? I remember here at Arizona, you did media training with the student athletes just to kind of get used to that. It's a whole different world in the last even five years. How much training with your student athletes do you do regarding social media and public kind of public facing interactions? We do. We do media training. We do. Uh, we just had Title IX training. I, I when when I got here, I told our our coaches and, and staff that every everybody in the department is going to go through Title IX training every single year. Um, we talk about sexual assault, sexual harassment training on how to. You know, one of the things I say to our coaches and our staff that you are a reporter. You're not an investigator. I'm not an investigator. I'm a reporter. Um, and and social media and your brand and how you represent yourself is really important. Um, I remember back at Arizona, uh, as social media was kind of getting going, I, you know, when I became the AD at Arizona, I, I had a Blackberry, right. And yeah. then the iPhones started making their influence and, and the Android phones and such and trying to get a grasp on how do you get them to understand what they tweet out? I think Instagram was going then pretty good at that point. Facebook was there. Um, what they put out, there was a representation of them, of their family, of our department, of our university. And so Ben will probably remember this when we would do our title nine training at the beginning of the year with all of our student athletes in there, all of our coaches and staff. And then we'd have separate training with teams and such as well. I'd put up on the video board in McHale tweets or postings from Instagram or I don't think Snapchat was there at this point that weren't good represent representation of, of who they were. And, and it, it, it actually kind of made me proud. I'd have, I, I ran into, I ran into a former student athlete at Arizona in the last year in an airport. And they said to me, I still think about you every time I post something on social media. 
to not to you know to represent in the right way and i was like well at least one person heard heard what i was saying that day um but it's but you got to because that will stick with you and what you put out there when we hire somebody now we do a pretty deep dive in their social media to see is there something there that will would not bode well for them to represent us and uh and so we don't want the decisions when they're 18 to 22 and we all know they're going to make bad decisions it's part of being that age right but we don't want the bad decisions to negatively impact them down the road and you're not going to bat a thousand but at the same time too um you know the ones you don't know about are the ones that you you've been able to prevent right and uh and so anyways you got to spend time on that it's real it's really important We'll talk about student athletes and we'll transition to another big question. And it's your world every day. I don't know how you have any sleep. You still have all your hair, which is great. Um, the ever changing landscape of college football. Uh, you know, the playoff is obviously a huge topic of conversation. And for us in the postseason, that's a big deal for us because, you know, bowl games are some may go, some may stay, maybe some added. Um, how big of a challenge is it just to stay up to date on what's happening every day and trying to forecast what you need to do. Well, we spend a lot of time on that, as you can imagine. Um, it, it, so when I first came to Alabama, Greg Sankey, our commissioner, put me on the NCAA football oversight committee. And so they, they create a lot of the off the field rules and, and guidelines for college football. The challenge with that is that here I'm sitting as the AD at Alabama and, and we also have the athletics director at a, FCS school or an F, you know, or, or a small school in FBS that has a quarter of the budget that we have. And you're trying to create policy back to where it's hard to create policy, right? At times you're trying to create policy that is one size fits all. And that's nearly impossible. Postseason and football, you know, when we were growing up, the bowl games were the be all and end all, right? You know, I, my dad was AD at Oregon in the eighties and, and the goal was to make it to Pasadena and go to the Rose Bowl. But but even in 1989, and he was highly criticized for this, um, he bought Oregon's way into the Independence Bowl. And about on 10 days' notice, they promised 10,000 tickets, which Shreve, there weren't a lot of direct flights from Eugene, Oregon to Shreveport, Louisiana. And, and so, but Oregon felt like it was the Rose Bowl at that point because they hadn't been to a bowl game. I, you know, I jokingly say since Christ walked the earth, it had been a long time, right? And, and so that was a big step in the evolution of Oregon to where they are today and that that can't be forgotten and one of the things and i talked greg greg sankey is an awesome commissioner he is he is wonderful to work with and uh, does a great job of representing our conference and he he um, he and i talk regularly about we want college sports to be viable from the east coast to the west coast right and part of that is giving your young people in your programs opportunity to have carrots out there goals to go after and and in football that's the postseason now the and the bowl games have been a big part of that what i think being very candid here what i think the bowl industry probably has not done as good a job as they should have is evolving with reality okay um i've said when you go to a bowl game you know, when, when we're here at Alabama, we're, we're playing in a, one of one of the uh, CFP bowl games in the semis. I've said, hey, it's, it's a different experience. You're there. It is much more of a business trip than maybe what uh, it was in 1989 for the for the Independence Bowl uh, for Oregon. Right. Or even when 
you know, at, at when I was at Arizona and we played in the Fiesta Bowl against Boise State, there's a lot more activities around it. When you're when you're coming in for the CFP, it's not probably going to a banquet is what you want to do. You got to make sure that, you know, have some activities for the kids that they want to do at night, but make sure they, they're able to keep the blinders on and stay focused on what the task is at hand. And so I think making sure that the bowl games continue to evolve is important and, and being open-minded to not saying, well, this is the way we've always done it. It's not the way we've always done it in college football and college sports. We've, we, we are having to evolve and we need the postseason in college football, including the bowls to evolve at that same time. What does that look like? It's going to be different for the Arizona bowl than it is probably for, you know, the orange bowl, right? It's just, they're, they're it's different history. Um, it's a different footprint, but I do think having the Arizona Bowl in Tucson is really good for the teams that have the opportunity to go there. It's a warm weather site, um, you know, even though you can't get cold there in Tucson, we know in the winter, but it's, it's generally a warm weather site. Tucson's a great town to, to have activities in. Um, it's teams that probably aren't going to be, you know, vying for the college football playoff most years. And it's and give it a great experience for the kids and the fans and something for people to do. I think that's good all the way around for college football, for the kids, uh, for the universities and making sure that that uh, they're evolving to what's taking place here at Alabama. You know, our goal is to be playing in the CFP every year and making sure that we structure our, our, our season, our scheduling, everything that we do to put us in that best possible position. And so that lens that we're looking at, it may be a little bit different than what a lens may be for an FCS program. And, but making sure that we still do all we can to balance what the needs are here for us, but also wanting college football to be viable across the country. And I do believe that, uh, I do believe that uh, the ability to, to have the PAC 12, the Mountain West uh, be strong in college football is good for the game. I'll always remember I think it was 2000. What year did we go to the, the, the Fiesta Bowl out there? Um, 15? 15. Yeah. 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 So that was a cold night. It was, yeah. It was, it was snowed that night. night. Yeah, it was. It was cold. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And Boise State, you know, Boise State yeah. got Arizona. And, but even then, that every time you'd watch the CFP show that week, that year leading up to the, the final selection, and you'd see Arizona come across. Mm-hmm. the screen that was a shot in the arm every time and i do think one of the things that's really important is that hope is one of the biggest things you can have in sports pro college high school doesn't matter and and right now i don't think hope has been as high as it needs to be for a lot of teams and so can you have that hope out there that gives fan bases that gives kids that gives universities that that shot in the arm whether it's every single week or every once in a while that's good for college sports and so we need to make sure you know and i think that's why the the playoff expanding is getting the head of steam that it is you know for us at alabama 14 playoffs work pretty darn well right but but i you know and and coach saban and i talk about this that there needs to be value uh and opportunity across the board and we need to balance what's right for our university with, with with what's right for the game of college football. And I think the the college football playoff and and the bowls bowl games still play an important part in what that looks like. In those conversations about the expansion, there's those who will say, you know, the Ohio States, the Clemson's, the Alabamas don't care for expansion because it's going to be those three or four anyway. 
Um, what were those conversations like within, you know, your department of is expansion good? I, I, I feel like Coach Saban from afar, and I don't know the man, would welcome any comer. Like he he's willing to take on anyone at any time. Is that what was the conversation like when you you pretty much knew it was going to go to 12? Well, we, you know, one of the things for him, he's very well thought out. And in, in when it comes to college football and the health of the game, he 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 wants he wants to see college football and football in general be strong for many more years to come. And, and I can tell you, I think the steps we've taken as a as a game uh, to make it safer has been very positively received. And I, I think you're starting to see some trend lines change in participation, which is a good thing because they were they were headed the wrong way. Um, and 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 so in those discussions, we we balance with what's good for Alabama, with what's good uh, for the game itself. You know, and, and obviously I said in the SCCAD room, you know, it, it's 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 been us, Georgia. Um, who else? Who else has been in the CFP since it started? Um, LSU. Uh, those have been the three main ones. I, if I'm forgetting somebody, it's not intentional that have been in the CFP, that have been in the playoff. And so sometimes what we say, if you're the AD at one of the other schools, you may have a little different approach, probably for the rest of the room in the in the SEC. They all want to see it expand no matter what, because they want to see it at the table. And I get it because they want, you know, think about, I think if with the first round games being on campus, which the bowl industry probably would not like me saying this, that's good for college football. That I think will indirectly help the bowl games because it keeps people engaged and interested. Um, you know, they have home playoff games in the NFL. That's good for those franchises. I think having a home playoff game and then having the next rounds go to the bowl sites will, will help the bowl sites stay strong. But it's, you know, but it, it, it's a balance, you know, how many games is the right number of games to play? You know, we, we in the SEC have been playing eight conference games and there hasn't been a lot of support to go to nine, but now that with the expanded playoff, there's more discussion about that. Now that we've added Texas and Oklahoma wanting more good games on our schedule, I think there's more support for nine than there's ever been. Well, during that time, Coach Saban and I have gone and scheduled two non-conference Power 5 games, have the Arizona Wildcats down the road, I think in 32-33, if I'm not mistaken. And it was funny, after uh, after we scheduled that game, Steve Kerr sent me a, a text saying, hey, you, you know, you, you don't want it, you don't want to, uh, uh, you don't, you finally, or something like you finally scheduled a tough non-conference game. So <laughs> uh, I, was, I was happy to hear from Steve on that. But th think about that. When we, when, when Arizona played Mississippi State this year, that was that is good for those two fan bases. Those fan bases are going to be engaged with that game. And when when Arizona comes to Alabama the, the year that we do, that, that's going to be good. Our fan base is going to get to go to a place they've never been before, right? And Arizona's fan base is going to get to come to a place that they haven't been before when they come to uh, Tuscaloosa. That's good for the game of college football. And uh, And so I think – we back to, you know, I'm giving you a long answer to your question. It's all right. We, we have we, a podcast. We have time. <laughs> yeah. We need to make good decisions from a scheduling standpoint, from a postseason standpoint, from a student athlete welfare standpoint, that that is the right balance in trying to be supportive of, of the health of the game going forward. Cause it's still, it's a great game. Football is a wonderful game. And, um, and we need to make sure we're making decisions that make sure it, it stays for generations to come. I'm going to check back with you in a couple of years when Alabama has to go up to East Lansing on a December night for a first round game and see if you still feel <laughs> the same way about 
having those on on campus. Well, Ben, there's no doubt it'll be East Lansing. <laughs> uh, you know, with, with smarty, smarty power, and obviously they got a great program up there. But yeah, no, that's that's a concern. Uh, now, one of the things I think they'll have flexibility on uh, is if if a cold weather school wants to move it to a dome like Ford Field or something like that. I, I believe there's going to be that opportunity. You know, here our weather's a little warmer than it is in East Lansing in, in the winter. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm sure we would not do that. But then, you know, if you if you get that first round by, then you hopefully you're going to be playing in a in a, uh, a bowl game. You know, for us, Chick-fil-A and in Atlanta makes a lot of sense. It's a three hour drive for us. It's in the dome where the Falcons play. Even if we go down to Florida, to Orlando or to Miami, uh, the, those games make a lot of sense for us too, because of proximity, New Orleans with the Superdome, that's about a four hour drive from here. Uh, and Dallas isn't a bad trip either from here. That's, that's one of the things that's different being in this part of the country is the proximity to so many places that you can drive to. That's a little more difficult out West, which, you know, I'm going off on a tangent here, but that's part of one of the things that has been a strength of the SEC is, you know, our, our championship games in Atlanta every year and, out of the 14 schools, I think 10 or 11 of them are within a five-hour drive. And and that makes it real easy for that SEC championship game to be such a big part of the culture here, which which certainly does help. One of our hashtags here at the Arizona Bowl, Greg, is football is family. You have 21 sports with, uh, you know, I'm sure you know the number much closer than I do of a number of student athletes. I don't think people, especially looking at an Alabama, see beyond like Coach Saban, to see the army it takes, you've mentioned the mental health support, the nutritionist, it takes every day in an athletic department. Talk to us a little bit about just the family atmosphere. I know you've built it everywhere you've been and how important that is to you as the head of that department. Well, it is. I mean, one of my one of my beliefs is, well, I said, I said that the only thing I got figured out is I don't have it all figured out. I also believe that every single person wants to feel valued wherever they are. And that's why, you know, the person that's sitting at the very top of Arizona Stadium or McHale or, or Bryant-Denny Stadium or Coleman Coliseum or come to a softball game, that may be the only time that they ever make it to your campus. I remember going to the doing the reading program at some of the neighborhood schools around, around uh, the University of Arizona, and I'd ask the classes, and there'd be third, fourth, fifth graders, and you'd, I'd say, hey, how many of you have ever been to a game or even set foot on campus and they may be a mile from campus and they've never been there. Right. And so one of the things we work really diligently on and, and we we're not perfect at it. We got a ways to go. We spend a lot of time on customer service and we tell our gate attendants at the games, our concession workers, our ticket office staff, they are often the first point of contact for 90 some percent of our fans. Right. A positive attitude, energy, enthusiasm is contagious, just like a negative attitude. Lack of enthusiasm is contagious, too. And so can you bring that to our fans who, who have scraped maybe their nickels together to have one time that they get to come to Bryant-Denny Stadium? They may be sitting at the last row of the upper deck. We need to make sure that we do everything we can to have them have a positive experience. I don't want them to wait too long to get in the stadium. Right. We don't want the long lines to be too long. And we've got we got at the concession stand, we got restrooms and concession issues here, just like Arizona Stadium had. Right. A lot of the stadium is really old. Literally right now to address the restrooms and concessions here in the manner that we'd like to is probably going to be a nine figure over one hundred million dollar wow. issue for us. 
that's those are real dollars, right? And so um you can you can absolutely have conversations and ha- and set a tone to try to create the experience for your fans that they feel valued. And so whatever we can do across the board for all of our student athletes, for our coaches and our staff to try to make them feel that they are valued. That doesn't mean you can do everything they want to do. You know, we have people in our department here. We had it at Arizona who had aspirations to get to certain levels. Every kid on a, you know, when you get recruited to Arizona or Alabama, you're usually the best player on your team, right? And they get to come to our universities and now they're surrounded by everybody else that was the best player on their team. And as much as every kid wants to be Aaron Gordon or Steve Kerr or Teddy Bruschi or, or, you know, Scooby Wright, there's only going to be a handful of those. And so how do you create that environment to where their role is important to make you be as good as you can be? I'll, t- I'll tell you one of the, I'm going off on a side subject here. I'll tell you one of the, one of the things that and Ben knew this he used to just, I'd want to bang my head up against the wall. We at Arizona, we had great tailgating. We were, we were first team all pack 12 and tailgating. Right. And I'd go, and then we'd have 40, 50,000 people out of tailgates. And then I'd go into, and then we'd get 30,000 people to go in the stadium <laughs> and I'd go around and Ben, Ben will back me up on this. I would go from tailgate to tailgate and say, Hey, you go into the game, kind of go walk, walk those quarter mile down to the stadium walk into the Arizona stadium. And I had people look at me like, well, no, I'm going to go home and watch it. And I'd say to them, listen, with all due respect, and please don't, I'm not trying to be rude and we appreciate you. We don't set up these tailgates for you to come in here and use our resources and all of our setup and arrest, you know, the, the port johns and all those things cost money, right? For you to come in here, have a big time and then go home. We do that for you to come in here, have a big time and then walk down to Arizona stadium. And I made some people mad when I would say that to them. Like, how dare you question me on that? I'm like, listen, we're just, we're trying to, we're trying to move things forward. But that person, even though they didn't go to the game all the times, like we wanted them to, I, I remember the, uh, Hey Ben, remember the office uh, or not the office. What's uh, office space. Is that the movie? I still yeah. have never seen it. Um, and I was, I was the boss and we did yeah, that. Well- Lumberg. <laughs> yeah, that, that thing. I'd never, I had to go on YouTube and watch the videos and figure out how to do it. And I got, I was doing that. I was like, why would anybody get into acting? This is, this is miserable. And so, um, no, you nailed it though. You, you nailed it. I, I, I think I did. Okay. And, uh, and so I, 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 w- I would encourage them to go down to the stadium and have them just think about it. But I also knew if I just hacked them off completely in the process, they'd never come back. And so what I would try to do is just create a narrative to say, Hey, can we, can you think about this? And, uh, and I, you know, who knows, may not have got one person to do it in the future, but hopefully got a few people to do it, to, to come down to Arizona stadium and, and be a part of it. And, and, and cause one of the things I, I really truly believe to this day, and I used to, I used to, even when I was at Arizona, I would talk to Greg Sankey about this Arizona to me and Oregon are the two closest fan bases to the sec. They really are. It's the only game in town. There's tremendous passion for the university. They care about it deeply. And, um, you know, and, and you could, you could go one, one of the measurements I always say is when you go travel, what logos do you see in airports? Right. It, it was pretty rare where I'd, where I'd be traveling wherever. I, I remember I was in the Hong Kong airport one time and I had a guy come up to me and say, bear down, Greg. And 
and he had his Arizona shirt on. You know, that's pretty cool to have a a, a fan base and a and a university with that type of passion. And and we're certainly fortunate for that here. I think that's a great opportunity for Arizona to continue to evolve and and it, it's had great history, right? But to have even a you know a stronger future. And uh, you know, it's a strength for us here at Alabama. Yeah, Greg, are you still passing out dilly bars to the staff? You walking around well, with the dilly sta- bar? Our staff's a lot bigger here, so I, I I'd go bankrupt if I bought dilly bars. I, I, you know, we do that at Arizona. We're they to try to give an attaboy or an attagirl. We'd go around the department, hand out dilly bars, and and uh, it was always a great day when you heard Greg coming down the hallway with the <laughs> bucket of Dairy Queen dilly bars. That's right. I you know there there aren't many. I mean. One thing I love is ice cream. And so I, I think that's pretty universal. Or I haven't met many people that don't like ice cream. They maybe maybe are lactose intolerant or something. That's about the only <laughs> ones that don't. And uh, and so anyways, we would, uh, you know, here I, we we have a Krispy Kreme about a, about a mile oh, from the office. Trouble. And they're a good spot in Athletics. So I can go by, if you call the night before, you can get it at like 25% off. So I'll go, I'll call and get 12 dozen donuts. Krispy Kreme donuts and then walk around the department and, and uh, tell everybody they need, we were here to provide their carbs for them for the day. And, and that's a good icebreaker and you get around to the different buildings and, and a chance. So no, no, been no more dilly bars, but we, we replaced them with, uh, with Krispy Kreme. I think you've been doing that with your O-line too. Those guys are huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They, they are. I'll I'll always remember um, when I came to my first uh, day, right when I got here and I went in the weight room one of the first days and, and we had Raekwon Davis, who's playing for the Dolphins now. Raekwon's about six seven, six eight, and three hundred and thirty pounds, and runs. I mean, just it's just beautiful to watch him run. And he's an amazing athlete. And it was like, holy cow, look at the size of these guys. And um, and they, you know, they the the uh, he and, and Raekwon's a great kid, and love watching him continue to prosper. But. Uh, yeah, there's, there's some big kids back here. Uh, two more things. We'll let you go. Thanks so much again for your time, uh, Greg Byrne, with us. Um, you talked about the importance of people being in the stadium here at the Arizona Bowl. We're the only bowl game in the nation that gives 100% of our net proceeds to charity. So butts in the seats, for lack of a better term, is very important to us. From your time here in Tucson and even as you referenced you know, Oregon and Arizona being SEC-style fan bases, how could you encourage our fans here in the Tucson community to support a bowl game, not only for the bowl game itself, but what we're trying to do here in the community? Yeah. It, it, when I learned that was part of the, of the charge for uh, the Arizona bowl, I thought that was outstanding. You know, there's so many needs in, in every community and in, in Tucson here in Tuscaloosa and, you know, the, the, the high profile entities in the community have a responsibility to give back and be engaged. And, uh, and so, you know, sometimes people will say, Hey, I'll just, you know, my me, this one person, I'm not going to make that big of a difference. Well, what if 25,000 people are saying that? Right. And so instead of changing that saying, Hey, it doesn't matter really if I'm there or not say it, it matters if you're there, you make a difference. And, and that's one of the things I I told our staff at Arizona. I, I tell our staff here at Alabama, you know, literally probably since I've been in Alabama, I probably had 500 requests for jobs somewhere around there. I don't think that's an exaggeration at all. And, and I, and I'll often say to everybody, Hey, tell me, tell me the value that you bring. And some, and about half of them will say, well, I, I just love Alabama or I just love Arizona. And so the line I created back and I said to some was as soon as we create a assistant AD for loving Alabama or loving Arizona, we'll let you know. Okay. 
But what are you going to do to help us generate revenue? What are you going to do to help our kids graduate? What are you going to do to support our kids from a medical standpoint, mental health standpoint, all the manage our resources, um, right? What can you do to pr provide value there? The reality is I say to our staff, I don't say my staff, it's our staff, right? Is that each of us can make a difference in the role that we have within our institution, within our athletic department, in supporting our student athletes and supporting our coaches and supporting our university and supporting our fans. Everybody that comes to the Arizona Bowl is supporting the Arizona Bowl to give back to charity, to give young men an opportunity to have that experience of postseason football, those staffs and those coaches of doing of being part of that as well. Those are those are lifelong memories. And every person can make a difference in that. And sometimes we sit in our staff meetings. And you have to talk about some challenging subject and, and you'll say, you know, I know people sitting here saying, oh, he's not talking about me. Yes, I'm talking about you. You make that difference. And, uh, and I just want to encourage everybody back in Tucson that, that listens to this, that, you know, you, you do such a good job of, of supporting the University of Arizona. It, it's, a, it's a great place. It's a great fan base, um, great university. Uh, it's passionate. And the Arizona Bowl is an important part of that, the community and to see it continue to grow and prosper and evolve because that industry is evolving right now and making sure it can stay a viable part of what, what the future looks like. And I really feel good that because of the support in that community, that can be the case. Wonderful. And the last thing, Greg, um, I know you guys had some great years here with your family and Regina, you guys were always so involved in the community. What's one or two of your fondest memories from here in the old Pueblo that you just, when you think about Tucson, you're like, ah, I really liked whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, well, can I Absolutely. show you something? All right. I don't have to describe it. This is an audio <laughs> podcast. Oh, it's, it's an, an audio, audio podcast? So yeah, you can, <laughs> yeah. okay, you can still tell us We're about filming it. Yeah. it. All right. So I, I'm holding the picture right here. Of the 2012 national championship it's it's the only arizona picture i have here in my office of baseball okay and it's andy and the the team behind us and literally what happened on there was um during the broad after we won the national championship uh i was down on the field with regina uh with rocky larose can't remember i think phoebe chalk was down there i can't remember who all was down there but you know, I was off to the side because it's about the coaches and it's about the players. It's not about the AD, right? And Andy stopped the broadcast live on ESPN. And he said, we're not taking this trophy without, you know, Andy always called me Gregor, without Gregor being up here on the stage with us. The reason why he said that, and this is, this is a leadership thing that I, that I, and that, that was a really special time, obviously. Um, but if you remember that we were playing on campus, right. We we're and, and, uh, you know, coach Kendall, who was such a legend and did such a wonderful job there. Um, you know, he, he was concerned about moving to high Corbett and we had some, we had some, uh, uh, community forums about it, about moving off campus. And quite frankly, I got my teeth kicked in pretty good on it and had a lot of opposition to the idea of moving to high Corbett, including former players and, and, uh, and during it, it was, it was kind of, I'm being real transparent here. I remember at a couple of them community forums, I think there was a few letters, the editor saying I should be fired and, and uh, that I, that I wasn't honest about it and I wasn't transparent. I couldn't have been more transparent about it. As soon as we even thought it as a possibility, 
we started talking to our former alums about it and uh and they were good i mean they really were and I, they were passionate about it there's nothing wrong with that okay it's it's okay to have different opinions but then i you know i went to andy after you know we had the dialogue and everything and and i said andy i you know i think this is the right thing for our baseball program and you know the padres had moved out a spring train of uh, the uh, the triple a team had moved out right mm -hmm. spring training was all up in in phoenix now and I really thought there was an opportunity and, and our on-campus stadium was a challenge. And we had like one restroom for the men, one for the women. We had one concession stand. Um, you know, we weren't drawing well at all. And I really felt like, Hey, if we have an opportunity to move to high Corbett where there was concession stands, there were a lot of restrooms, there was capacity to, to increase. I thought we could do something special. We hadn't hosted a regional in 30 years in Tucson. We had never hosted a super regional and we hadn't been to Omaha for like 30 years. I think I'm getting my timing right. Somewhere around 30 years. And so we move off campus and I said, Andy, I said, this, we're, let's do this. Let's do this thing. And I, Dr. Uh, I think Dr. Sander was the president at that point. I think Dr. Shelton left. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and Dr. Sander gave us the uh, okay to serve beer. I found out through that, that people like beer. I had no idea uh, when we started selling it. And Talking. so, yeah, shocking. So that first year we moved to High Corbett, right? We go and uh, we go and host our first. We had a good team, and we go host our first regional in thirty years. We win it. We go and God, remember how hot that was? It was just blazing mm -hmm. hot. And the ESPN put us on the afternoon broadcasts. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I think Ben and I both worked that whole tournament. It yeah, was a St. John's yeah, I mean, game at about noon. I think it was one hundred and eight degrees. Uh, <laughs> Remember in the in the Wildcat Wednesday, we told everybody to go buy those uh, neck things that you could put in water and keep it 10 degrees yeah. cooler. And yeah. Regina, Regina had gone to Bed Bath & Beyond, and they had my Wildcat Wednesday posted all over those. And the first thing you walked in, there were like a 1,000 of them. And I think they sold them yeah. all out, which was really cool. Yeah. So we we go and, and uh, we win that regional. Then we play our first ever super regional. We win that. We go to Omaha, and I'm sitting there going, God dang, this is awesome. How about that? And then we go win the national championship. And so Andy stopped the stopped the ceremony on ESPN and said, hey, you know, Gregory needs to be up here and be a part of that. I keep that picture here for a reason. One, I was, that was awesome and it was so much fun. But it was also a good leadership lesson for me that at times you're going to make decisions that people don't like, right? And that you need to make the best decision that you can. Sorry, I'm getting a bunch of text messages. You make the best decision that you can with the information that you have. And in hindsight, you may make a different decision, right? But if you think you're doing the right thing for the kids, you think you're doing the right thing for the program, your batting average is going to be pretty good, right? And so we were fortunate on that one and, uh, you know, won a national championship. And, and, and because we, first and foremost, because we had a really good team, right? We could have had the bad news bears and, and moved to high core, but it wouldn't have mattered. But we had a really good team. And, and Andy and the, and the kids did such an incredible job, but we created an opportunity for them that I'm, that I'm proud of today. And I, you know, in 16, we lost on the last play to, to Coastal Carolina and uh, first inning, uh, God, who, who slid into home plate that he was safe and we didn't have replay and he got called <laughs> yeah. out and we lost by yeah. one run. I'm trying to remember. Who that was the lightning delay the, the night before to let their, their ace pitch yeah. the next day. Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So anyways, you know, it's, it's a good reminder. And, and that, that was a really special time. And, and actually when you, when I look back at different things that been a part of in, in my career, which I've been so fortunate for um, 
you know, that, that team in 12, because they were, I mean, they were great kids. Um, Andy did such a good job and the staff did such a good job with them. And, and, that, and just the way the entire community embraced that uh, was a really fun thing. And that it's what college sports is all about. So that that's one of them. But on top of that, you know, we still have a lot of uh, people that we stay in contact with in Tucson and, and, uh, and, and have a lot of friendships and, and very appreciative. Our, both our boys are Arizona alums and we're proud of that and, and very, very fortunate for that time. So anyways, um, we, uh, we, we think very highly of the place. Well, I know folks still uh, think very highly of here. And just to share the note that Arizona baseball still leads the conference in attendance and it's not close. So that, uh, that move was, uh, come to fruition and still does um thank you so much for your time greg it's been amazing to hear from uh, your standpoint you know a lot of us get to sit back and be armchair quarterbacks <laughs> on decisions happening across the football landscape you can follow greg on twitter greg underscore burn uh when she was here regina was wildcat mama she roll tide mama now he's roll tide mama now yeah she changed it. all right we had the we, last last night we had the baseball team to our house um we have all the teams over except for football we my house isn't big enough for that and uh and so last night was baseball's turn and uh, we we were talking about regina's twitter account last night to the team about being roll tide mama so yeah she's she, she doesn't tweet very often but when she does it's usually yeah it's great great family that was here in tucson and uh, all the success to you continued in tuscaloosa thank you so much um for being our inaugural guest uh, we're gonna get at least tens of listeners and hopefully many more than that um uh, thank you so much for the insight it's been great all right. Enjoy, enjoyed seeing both of you and let me know if I can ever help. Thank okay? you, Greg. Appreciate it. Thanks, All right. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks to Greg Byrne. That was just some great stuff. I'll be really candid. We had a lot more we could have played. We had to narrow it down. So Ben and I had a great opportunity just to listen to Greg and he was so forthcoming and so honest. And, uh, you know, he is on the forefront of what's happening in college football and the ever-changing landscape. So, you know, we get to often in our office and, and with our friends kind of play armchair quarterback of what we think is happening in college football. He knows. <laughs> he He's yes. in those meetings that we are pontificating about. So really great to hear from him. So thanks, and, Greg. And, and you can tell he he still is very fond of his time at, at University of Arizona has a special place in his heart for for Tucson and the community here. So it was great to, to hear from him. Absolutely. Uh, and he was, I wish we could play the whole thing and, and maybe someday we'll, we'll put out an, an unedited, but uh, you know, he's, he's so passionate. You know, we talked earlier in this podcast about our passion for what we do. Greg's been doing this a long time, literally. I mean, he's kind of walked into the position. Uh, he certainly earned it, but walked in the footstep of his father as an athletic director in the college football world. And he still, you can just see it coming through. Uh, you know, we were fortunate to interview him on Zoom. You can see the passion, not only for Alabama football, which is a juggernaut, but for all 21 sports that he oversees and all of those student athletes and the teams um, that, that they put together. Um, and I think he has a similar mission that we do here at the bowl game of valuing family and valuing relationships. Ben tells a great story about when he was at Arizona Athletics and Greg would walk through and if he did a great job, kind of a, an attaboy or an girl was giving a dilly bar out to the staff. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's that guy. He's he's given stuff out to the staff. He's given recognition. Um, and frankly, he could be doing a lot of other things besides talking to us, but he gave us 
way more time than we anticipated and we could have gone on much longer. Yeah. Uh, he was willing, he was candid, he was honest. So uh, I think it was a great first guest and, and a, a really high bar to set as we bring uh, some more guests on to Squib Kicks here. Yep, absolutely. The, we're off and running. But the biggest thing I want to tell you about right now is our Extra Yard for Teachers program, uh, which you can find on our website also. It's thearizonabowl.com backslash teachers. Go there and you can nominate your favorite teacher here in Southern Arizona, not just in Tucson, Southern Arizona. Um, and we are giving 10 different $1,000 gifts to 10 different teachers here in Southern Arizona, but they have to be nominated. So make sure you're getting on and filling out those nominations because we want to give them money for their classroom. Um, our very first one was Miss Bertha Estrada over at Santa Clara Elementary in the Sunnyside District. I got the chance to give her that gift to myself. And man, what a powerful moment. Uh, both of my parents are teachers. Uh, so very near and dear to my heart. And, and and teachers are just such a valuable piece, obviously, of the fabric of our community. TheArizonaBull.com backslash teachers to nominate your favorite educator today. Also on our website, big front and center because he's a big dude and we are so excited about this big event, our annual kickoff luncheon, October the 27th at the Tucson Convention Center. The one, the only, Gronk is our <laughs> featured speaker. And you got to say his name like that, right? Because you just want him to throw something every time you say his name. Spike something. Yeah, um, spike something. Yeah, I mean, he. we're so excited to have him back. Uh, obviously, Arizona Wildcat legend, surefire Hall of Famer, um, four-time Super Bowl winner, um, and all-around just fun guy. Uh, <laughs> really, really looking forward to what's going to happen at our kickoff luncheon. Uh, and at the time of recording, we only have about – 40 seats left to this um, of a thousand seats at the Tucson convention center. We have 110 person tables. We only have about 40 seats left with, uh, you know, about a month left to go. And that's unheard of in our community because we're such a late buying community. It's sold out. Don't wait. Buy now. Yeah. Get on the it list might, now. <laughs> yeah. It might be sold out now. It might be too late, but uh, yeah, the, the response to the announcement of Gronk being the, the kickoff luncheon has just been, you know, the, the, the it, just so much excitement from, from our supporters. And then a lot of other new people coming to the luncheon that we're excited about because they're going to get to hear about the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl and what we're all about. So it's a great way to, for us to get the community fired up about the bowl game coming in a few months. Yeah, check it out. Again, that's on our website, thearizonaobowl.com. Front and center, can't miss it. Um, hopefully there's still tickets available when you hear this. If there are, pull over. Don't do it while you're driving. Pull over somewhere safe and get your tickets because they're going to be gone and it's going to be gronk and it's going to be awesome. There will be a spike involved and there will be some one-of-a-kind gifts and swags that you can only win if you are at that luncheon. Uh, so that's part of the awesome things that we continue to do here at the Arizona Bowl. So to wrap that up, get on the website right now, thearizonabull.com. You're going to see an opportunity to go to the best luncheon all year in Tucson featuring Gronk. That is sponsored by MyCamp Solutions, led by Mike Kinsler, an Arizona alumni right here in Tucson. For all your processing needs, talk to MyCamp. They, they're incredible. And also nominate those teachers, thearizonabull.com backslash teachers, and get that nomination in so we can give your favorite educator some money. All on thearizonabowl.com.
This episode of Squib Kicks, a Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl podcast, is brought to you by our friends at Barrio Brewing Company. Get your Arizona Bowl brew there today and starting in November at any area Circle K. That's Barrio Brewing Company, great friends of the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. All right, Ben, let's talk some football. You know, we are a football game. We love our football. We have two great conference affiliates in the Mid-American, the MAC. All kinds of action there in the Mountain Action, West. yep. Get Maxion. some action. Gotta love some action. Hashtag action. Yes. Um, you know, one of our colleagues and myself got to go up to ASU to see one of our action teams in action in some action up in Tempe in Eastern Michigan a few weeks ago. And uh, what is sure to be a signature win in their program for a long, long time. It was really exciting to be on the sidelines there up in Tempe and, and see uh, Eastern Michigan take care of business there. Um, and really try to set them on a trend. You know, they are at the top of the MAC conference now with their 3-2 and two record, looking to push for a bid to come back to the desert where they've already had success once this year, maybe later. Ben, you just returned from a trip to Viva Las Vegas. Tell us about it. Yeah, I was up in Las Vegas last weekend for the Friday night game between UNLV and New Mexico. Going into that game, UNLV was 3-1, and one, New Mexico 2-2. Two and two. So realistically, both teams were on our radar of, of teams that might be coming to Tucson. It was a great experience. I loved it. It was my first time doing that as a as a bowl representative. And it was it was so much fun. Uh, everyone that I met was really excited about the prospects of coming down to Tucson. We're right there at the top of where these schools, these coaches want to go. And I think the word has spread about the the hospitality, the experience, the just the, the whole package of what our teams have experienced in the past coming to the Arizona Bowl. Absolutely. Across the board, you know, of course, every team's goal at the beginning of the season is to be uh, in L.A. as that conference champion. But uh, we are a one and one A in our opinion. They want to be in Tucson. They love what we've done so far. And the word has spread throughout the coaching community. No question that the Arizona Bowl is a top-rate place to go and an unforgettable experience for not only just the team and the coaching staff, but the families and everybody around and their fans. You know, we still hear almost every day from our Wyoming faithful about their trip here. And, uh, you know, let's talk about the Mountain West a little bit. Wyo is definitely in the conversation again. You mentioned New Mexico uh, and UNLV. You know, not a surprise to them, but maybe the rest of us that – they're sitting at four and one going into a big game this weekend. San Jose State, UNLV is going to be a great, great battle there in the Mountain West and probably pretty early in the season have some big effects on the final standings there. Yeah, that the, the win against New Mexico was pretty impressive considering that they fell down 17 to nothing in the in the first quarter. Marcus Arroyo said after the game that that was a character building win that that will pay dividends down the road that showed, you know, that they can handle adversity. And it sets up a, a, like you said, a showdown against San Jose state, which happens to be the alma mater of Marcus Arroyo. He played quarterback there for San Jose state. So some fun storylines developing in the mountain West conference. Yeah. And of course we got to know coach Brennan when he was here with San Jose state here in 2020, Um, you know, COVID greatly affected their roster, but I will forever respect that man and that institution that they were committed to playing. Uh, I will never forget him telling us before the game on the field, hey, if I got to put my O-line on D-line and vice versa, we're playing this football game. And they did. Um, so I would love for them to be able to come back also 
another fantastic Mountain West school. As as many people know, he's a Dick Tomey protege. So it's it's always great to have that connection to U of A football. Yeah, you know, the bull world is a lot like Tucson. It's just kind of one or two steps removed to somebody you know or somebody you love. So um, some great football ahead. We have already started to pare down kind of who we think has a good opportunity to be here. I hope your school is one of those because you would not want to miss the opportunity to be here in Tucson on December the 30th for the 2022 Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. That's our two-minute drill, a little bit longer than two minutes, but we'll be back right after this. All right, that's it for episode one. Can't believe it's over. Can't believe we're doing it, but so excited that we are. Squid Kicks, a Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl podcast. Just the beginning of what we're doing. Reminder, get on our website, thearizonabowl.com. Buy your tickets to the luncheon. If it's not sold out, we think it will be, and it might be by the time you hear this. But biggest, all the things we do, come to the game. Come support what we're doing here in Tucson. You can buy tickets right now. Tickets are on sale from $25 up. Some fantastic experiences you can purchase. Um, TheArizonaBowl.com. Again, front and center. Can't miss it. Get tickets to this. Bring your friends. Bring your family. Um, do it for the kids. Do it for charity in our community. And do it to have fun. It's going to be a great day. We're going to follow that up with our Taco Bell New Year's Eve downtown bull bash with fireworks presented by Tucson Federal Credit Union. Going to be a great night starting at 6 p.m. on New Year's Eve right outside Club Congress in what we call Tucson Times Square. There's going to be some fantastic stuff there. You won't want to miss either. We're doing big things. We're excited to be here. We're excited you're listening. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on Squidward.